0: I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident come on in hey again thanks so much for tuning in for another episode today i'm talking about sensory friendly activities um things to do over the holidays that can cater to a range of different sensory processing preferences it's probably the best way to put it Um, i think all kids Uh, Sorry, all parents of kids with sensory um, processing differences know how much of a factor it plays in life um, and in different activities and making it, well, in determining whether it's going to be successful or not. So I know I don't need to convince you about why it's important to think about um, your child's sensory needs. I did want to say, first off, though, that it's important to be thinking about the triggers um, for you know, sensory overwhelm. Everybody's at a different stage in their journey with this stuff, I know. Um, all parents, as you learn about it, it's really can be eye-opening, and then as you get more experience in managing it well, it becomes less daunting and easier to predict and manage these things. So if you do have any um, tips, please do share them um, on Instagram, maybe on the, you know, my page or or send it to me because I'm sure other parents will benefit from that as well. So identifying the triggers, I think, is important to think about the types of events that your kids are used to doing. um, But then more importantly, when you're doing activities, they're not used to doing and think about the types of things that might um, be difficult for them to handle. So last podcast episode, I talked about an example of um, Christmas carols in the park. This is one I think parents, you know, I seem to be talking about it a lot this time of year. And I think it's one of those, sometimes those tradition things um, that we only do them once a year. So there's not they're not as familiar to our kids. They're not as predictable and they can be overwhelming. So when you're thinking about the triggers for your child, think about their sensitivities, I guess, um, is one thing. If they're sensitive to things like sound and lights and um, people, lots of people or movement, like big crowds, that's something to um, really keep in mind. The other thing I wanted to talk about is um, not so much when kids are triggered by different feelings, but uh, sorry, sensory processing. But maybe when they seek a lot of certain things and they need a lot of certain things. So if your child's one that needs a lot of movement, that's going to be difficult to handle in situations where you might have to sit still for a long time. Um, so sometimes it's not being overwhelmed by the senses it's not being able to engage in those activities so if your child is one who finds it really hard to sit down for dinner they're going to find it really hard to sit through long events like um you know if it's uh christmas services or things like that so keeping that in mind is helpful um You can then do some things to minimise those challenges, and I'll get to that in a minute. But because first I wanted to say, you know, it doesn't have to be that hard. If your kids don't like those things, you don't have to do them. You can choose activities um, that don't involve such sensory information. And so it might be that you, rather than doing things like spend time in the shopping centre at in the christmas rush you might be spending time outdoors where kids can run wild and free and outdoors there's often less noise there's less um you know artificial light and that kind of thing so you can just choose to do things that your fit your kids sensory preferences and say no to some other stuff um but if you are going to Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, sorry, I mixed up my order and then now I've gotten out of track. Um, But what I wanted to say is that you can adapt some of the difficulties, sorry, activities. So if there are things that you want to do because it's important to you as a parent or other people in your family, you can adapt those things. Um, by trying to cater for the sensory needs. So that might be the obvious one is using headphones at loud events um, to minimize the noise. It could be sunglasses to minimize the um, light and visual overwhelm if that's something that's challenging. It can also be allowing some use of, you know, some sensory input that might be hard not to have So for kids who can't sit still easily, it might be something to fidget with um, or fiddle with with their hands or their feet while they're in those um, situations. The other thing is that you could incorporate breaks as well. And so that's a really great way for um, managing when kids are overwhelmed, they can take a break and a breather, but also if kids are having trouble Um, with sitting still and that kind of thing as well. They can have a movement break so that they can get some of that input that they need and then come back to doing the activity. Um, I think too, if it's about overwhelm, an idea of creating some safe spaces at home is really helpful. It could be that there's just a lot of um, noise and people and extra activity and bustling at home. And so letting your child know that they have a space they can go to and that you're um, happy for them to do that is a great idea. So it could be their room if they're little it could be somewhere in a in an open joint space um, but that's just quiet for them and you can communicate that to other people as well. Family visiting, um, if your child's gone to that space they're just a bit overwhelmed and they need a break and so you you want those other people to just leave them to it and that your child will come back when they're ready. Um, This is your time to be a bit of an advocate for your child and what they need. Um, The next thing I like an idea of is. that not all kids have sensitivities and some kids really seek sensory information and so the holidays is a great opportunity to be able to provide lots of those opportunities um, because if they the kids are getting the um, sensory input that they need that's going to be really regulating and calming for them so that might be kids who like water and swimming they can do heaps of that over the break um there's lots of other opportunities to explore different sensory preferences too and so if you're thinking tactile um if your kids like to touch things they can do lots of craft and making activities or there's museums and science centers they can go to where they get to touch everything Um, sometimes um places like Botanical Gardens have sensory trails as well that you can go uh, for for a walk through the garden and see and touch and smell different things. Another thing might be auditory um, processing. so if kids really enjoy music, they can um, there's lots of experiences they can do over the summer, whether it's playing instruments or going to concerts or listening to music and um, making their own instruments at home and you know, maybe outside for uh, a parent's mental well-being. <laughs> but yeah, engaging in lots of those things while they have the time and the chance to do so can be good. You can also just make that part of the day. Um, and so it's got some kind of regulation component, but it's not all day. Kids might just like to do that in the mornings or in the afternoon when they need um, a little bit of a refresh or recharge. Um, And then the other thing too is to involve your child in all of this stuff as well. So that means if you're going to um, activities where you aren't sure they'll manage the sensory components well, Talk to them about it and ask what will help them um, and offer those solutions. It's not just about having the plan, but you're by having this conversation with your child as well, they also know that you understand it's going to be hard for them and that you're on board with them um, using strategies they need to help themselves regulate. Um, so it's more than just a plan. It's a plan, but also the reassurance that you you are on their side. I think also I mentioned before, or maybe previous episode, but I think planning is uh, much better than trying to problem solve in the moment. Um, and so making these things known with your child and planning for it is much better than getting there and finding your child overwhelmed and then you are and you can't um, find any solution in the problem so you just need to leave. Um, Sometimes you might get to that point and that's okay, just leave, it's not a big deal. But um, if it's something that's important to you or your family, preparing for it's more likely to make it successful. Um, I think too that Kind of recognizing children and celebrating them for the effort they've put in or the way they've uh, really tried to handle themselves is important. I think that often we expect kids to do things or help them do it and we don't we forget to celebrate at the end when they've done it well. And it doesn't have to be a big fanfare, and most often in my house, it's not. It's just a matter of saying, "I can. I know that was hard for you, and I'm really proud of the way you handled it." That's it. Simple as that. Um, you know your child and what um, they're working on, and it's not so much about meeting anyone else's expectations. It's for me. It's about. Knowing when they're working hard on something and that they've done a good job at it, rewarding that or, or um, you know, praising that means that you're developing that skill in them, which is that working hard at things skill. Um, and that's one that is beneficial in so many different areas. So that's one I always like to praise when kids are having a hard time Um for me in my house this week, it was uh, there's a lot of overwhelm at this end of year time, and so it was me saying when one of the kids was incredibly upset about something, I can see that that was really upsetting for you. I'm really proud about the way you got through it, and I hope you feel a bit better. Um, you can, I'm trying to say it without saying too much because of privacy, but you can be descriptive in the praise as well and and say exactly what your kids did well that you noticed Um, and I think it just you know is nice for them to hear that but um, also means that they're more likely to use that skill next time as well. So here's to having a lot of family fun over the holidays whether it's full of sensory experiences or not at all Um, whatever's right for you and I hope your kids have a great holiday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leantran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.